Chances are, if you're building a business or even thinking about building a business, you've done this ideal client exercise before. And yet, I know how frustrating it can be to feel like you've done your homework, know what she watches on TV, can explain in detail what she eats for breakfast, and yet still feel like you're zero steps closer to actually getting that ideal client. That's why today we're discussing the mindset shift that's going to help you to understand how to use this ideal client exercise in a way that actually gets you clients in cash. We talk about how to narrow down who your person even is, get clear on how to connect with them in a way that gets them excited to buy, and let go of the fear that marketing more directly to your ideal clients is going to hurt your business or eliminate potential clients. If you're ready to shift your mindset and attract and convert more clients who are excited to work with you, this episode is for you. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber, the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Kendra Swalls. Kendra is a wife, mom of two, photographer, and educator. In 2012, she started her first business, Paisley Lane Photography, and everything changed. What started as a hobby alongside her teaching career quickly turned into a successful business. In 2017, she left her teaching career behind to run her photography business full-time and start the Girl Means Business coaching program and podcast. Now she helps women like you take their business from survival mode to success mode using the same relationship marketing strategies that have been the foundations for her business success. Kendra, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I am so incredibly excited for this conversation today. So I read your bio, but I would love to hear in your own words. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and why you do it? Yeah. So, um, I currently, I really run two businesses. So like you mentioned in the introduction, I started my photography business. I still run that to this day. And so, um, in that I focus on helping women find confidence in themselves through boudoir photography. And I also do like branding sessions, high school seniors, things like that. And through that, I started, I fell in love with the business side of running a business. So all things like marketing and, finding out how to kind of make all these puzzle pieces work. So now I have been teaching other women how to do the same thing through my podcast, through um, coaching programs and social media and all those, you know, those fun outlets that we use. Um, And it's been great because I'm able to take my teaching background and combine it with my love of business. And now I get to use all of that in one great um, combination. That's amazing. It's so cool to hear. And like, how did you know that you wanted to pursue more of teaching and more of the business side of things alongside your photography business? Was it kind of this no brainer? Was it something that you felt like you kept 
being asked for again and again? Or like, how did that evolve? I'm so curious. Yeah, it was kind of the um, being asked for. So back when I started my photography business, it's I learned really quickly, it's kind of a lonely, anytime you run your own business, it can be very lonely. Um, and my poor husband, he could only listen to me talk about, you know, camera <laughs> lenses and photo shoots for so long. So I started a Facebook group, just local here. It's like the Dallas Fort Worth area. And it was designed for women photographers in the area. And I honestly, I was like, okay, I'm going to start this little community. I'll get like 30, 40 people. We'll go have lunches or dinners and we'll talk and we'll, we'll be able to kind of, you know, have that connection, almost like your coworkers at work. And it grew really quickly and we ended up with almost 3000 members. And through that group, because I was kind of the leader of this group and I was talking in that group a lot about leaving my nine to five, my teaching job. I was talking about my photography and how it was growing. I got asked a lot of questions, you know, like, how are you doing this? And do you do mentor sessions? And can you teach me how to do social media and all these things? And so I started doing small groups. I would do like little workshops. Um, I started doing one-on-ones all here locally. And then someone mentioned to me one time, they were like, you should do a podcast. And it had never really occurred to me. I'd always been like blogging and thought about like, you know, writing eBooks and things like that. And I'm like, I just don't enjoy writing a whole lot. I would rather talk. (laughs) And so that's how the podcast came about. So it was all things that once it was kind of presented, I was like, well, yeah, this makes complete sense. But it was almost like I needed somebody else to say, hey, have you thought of this <laughs> to kind of validate me doing it? So, Yeah, totally. I love that. I think it's so interesting to hear how those things evolve because I think often there are those little kind of like pings from the universe, whether that comes through friends or family or Facebook groups or podcasts or like whatever it is. And it's just so interesting to me to hear those stories because often the path kind of reveals itself in that way. And it really takes us paying attention to what those things are to be like, oh yeah, that actually totally does make sense for me. Or I actually really do want to pursue that thing. But I just think it's so interesting because I have clients where the same thing will happen and they'll be asked for like this one service again and again. They'll have people like messaging them saying, hey, do you support around X, Y, Z? And they're they're like, why do people keep asking me for this? And I'm like, because you're really good at it, you know? And that it's so yeah. interesting and so useful to notice those things. So I love that part of your story so much. So can you tell us, is there one specific mindset shift that has made the biggest difference for you in building your business? Yeah. So for me, I think I can almost go back to this perfect like turning point of when everything kind of shifted both in my photography business and in my coaching business, which is funny that I didn't, didn't think about this ahead of time. It's almost like I needed to have that moment in both places, but it's always come back to who am I really like speaking to? Because and I see this happen a lot with business owners and I, you know, I talk a lot to like the photography industry and a lot of times when someone starts a business, they think I will just, I just want to work with anybody that will pay me money. Like just pay me money, buy my service product, whatever it is. But when you like really know who your ideal client is and you can really focus on like, okay, who is this person? What are their pain points? Like how can I put messaging out there that is going to make them feel like I'm talking directly to them? That is when it all kind of turned a corner for me. 
And I'll give you kind of a little bit of an example within my photography business. So I was doing boudoir photography and Mm -hmm. I was also shooting weddings at the time, which I, I don't do anymore because it's crazy. Um, (laughs) But I I was shooting weddings and I had this bride who came to me and she was like, Hey, I want to do these really sexy photos as a gift for my fiance led into me doing boudoir. And I had this idea in my head that I was like, I am going to have all of my brides are going to want to hire me to do their boudoir session. It's going to be great. I'm going to have this great pool of, you know, these clients and none of them were booking sessions with me. And I started noticing that like I was getting all of these women in their thirties who were kind of at the point in their life where they were done having kids. They were ready to kind of get back into like, this is who I am as a person And that's who was coming into my studio. And so I had this kind of aha, like light bulb moment where I was like, wait a minute. It's because I'm putting things out there, talking about my own personal experiences of being a mom and trying to like navigate that world of who am I as a mom and who am I outside of being a mom. And they're connecting with that side of what I'm putting out into my business And so with my coaching business, I had the exact same kind of situation where I was like, okay, I'm going to speak to photographers. Like that's kind of who I thought was like, that's the the group I already have built up. I'm going to focus on that. And I quickly learned that like a lot of the photographers I was speaking to, like they didn't really necessarily need what I was offering or if they did, they didn't even know they needed it yet. But I was getting all these other women who were like, oh, but I'm, you know, I'm home with my kids and I want to do something to bring in money. What can you help me build this business? And so being able to really focus in on, like, I know specifically who she is. Like I have, you know, I can give her a face, a name. I know exactly where she's at. I know exactly what she struggles with. And it's, it's made every other part of marketing my business so much easier because I'm laser focused on who I'm talking to and how I'm helping her solve a problem. Totally. And I think the interesting thing that comes up for me there is that was sort of a process that required that exploration. I think to a certain degree, sometimes we hold ourselves back so much from getting to the root of who that person actually is because we're not willing to get our hands dirty first. We're not willing to be wrong, right? And that feels like super scary and super intimidating because it's like, well, I don't want to waste all this time talking to the wrong person or what if I like miss the mark there? But I I had a very similar experience in my business as well, where my ideal client definitely evolved from when I started this coaching business. And it evolved because I got to know the clients that I was working with, because I got to know who that person was simply by way of actually working in my business. I think like I could have sat there and pulled images on Pinterest all freaking day and I wouldn't have been... (laughs) any step closer to actually speaking to that person because it was by way of talking to them, because it was by way of coaching and doing that work and having it be messy and getting my hands dirty and like doing it imperfectly first that I was actually able to get to the root of who that person was. So I think that's just like a super important part of what you mentioned in your story is that you were just 
you know, testing and tweaking and trying things. And that's how you got to noticing who that person was. It wasn't like, I mean, I think sometimes we think we're just going to like wake up one morning and have this like (laughs) epiphany that like, this is the person, right? And yeah, sometimes that does happen, but it's because we've been doing the work along the way. Does that sound similar to what you experienced? Yeah. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, I think it's easy when you are, especially with social media these days, it's that love hate relationship, but it's easy to get on like Instagram and see these people who have it seemingly all figured out in their business. Like they're already down the road and you're starting out and you're thinking, okay, I have to have all of these things figured out Mm -hmm. when really like the figuring out is part of the journey. You cannot have it all figured out at point A you have to start going down the path and then realizing like, okay, maybe the path veers off in this direction, or maybe, you know, I need to go back and and explore this other option. And unfortunately, like there is no shortcut to doing that necessarily. Now, some people do go into business and they're like, okay, I know exactly what I want to do and who I want to serve, but I guarantee you that evolves. Just like you said, yours did, you know, it doesn't happen at the get go. Like you have to kind of put in the work and, enjoy the process or try to enjoy the process of figuring it out as you go. Totally. I think it's like that process of building a business that has to be more enjoyable because if you're like hating it every step of the way until you get to like exactly who that ideal client is, like you're going to make yourself absolutely miserable in the process. If you're like, this is who I think my person is. This is my starting point. And I know that it's going to grow and evolve with time. That just releases so much pressure around finding who this person is. Like I look back to, I mean, heck, even some of like the earliest podcast episodes that I have. And like, I just talked about my work and I talked about my person in like such a different way. And I, I remember, I mean, I don't, know exactly what episode it was, but it had to be like 50 in (laughs) or something like that, where I really started to be like, oh, okay, my message is getting so much clearer. I really understand who my person is now. I know how to support this person. And like, it took all of that time, like thinking, talking to ideal clients, marketing, like all of it, right? To really gain that clarity. But it's so worthwhile. Like it's so helpful when you when it clicks right and I think like support will always move you forward faster so I think from the perspective of coaching that's always going to be helpful right because I think sometimes we're so close to our own business that we can't even see those connections we can't even see those those people that are right in front of us we often can't make the connection between like, what is the thing that ties them all together? What is my core message here? Like, what is the common thread? And I think that a coach can help you see that with so much more ease. So I think that that is another really important thing to recognize there. But yeah, totally agree that like, it just takes, you know, finding, testing and tweaking and working it until you get to that point. So can you tell me a little bit more about how you began to give her a name and a face and really make that feel more concrete to you? Yeah. And that was one of the things that like I pushed back on for a long time. So it was actually (laughs) a business coach I had early on and she was the one who was like, okay, I'm going to give you this questionnaire. It's like a hundred questions. I want you to answer them from the, it was very overwhelming. I was like, I don't understand why I need to do this. 
she's like, pick out a name and go on Pinterest and, or Google and find a photo. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, why am I doing this? And I pushed back so much. And it, again, it was because I had not put in the time and the work to really understand or like clarify who I was talking to. So, you know, fast forward a few years and I it just had, again, like that moment where it all kind of clicks. I'm like, oh, now I get what she was trying to explain to me to do. So I started off just thinking about the people I had worked with that were similar to kind of my ideal client. And I was thinking like, okay, if I take these three people that I've worked with and I take different aspects of them, it kind of comes together and makes like a perfect person that, you know, for, for my business. And so I took like the personality aspects and the pain points and the conversation pieces and like even things as much as like, okay, what kind of music do they listen to? And what do they like to drink on a Friday afternoon, you know, after a long day of work and where do they like to go, you know, hang out with friends and those kinds of things. And I thought of it a lot like filmmakers, you know, so like when someone sits down to create a story for a movie or a TV show, they're creating these characters and the character typically, when you hear people interviewed about them, is based off of somebody they know in their life. And so I was kind of putting myself into like a screenwriter like state of mind. I was like, okay, I'm creating this character for my business. She's loosely based off of, you know, Sarah that I've worked with and Anna that I've worked with and Emily that I've worked with. And I'm taking these different parts of them so that if they you know, where to see this character in the story of my life, like they wouldn't recognize it as being based completely off of them. And then I just kind of, I thought of like, okay, my demographic is typically someone who's about 35, 36. And so what are like the names of someone who's in that age range? And then what would she look like? She's going to be obviously like that older millennial. <laughs> um <laughs> And, you know, she's going to have this, this certain like style to her and she's going to, um, you know, so I just kind of was able to give her a name. Um, I actually went with the name Sarah because that was like one of my good friends growing up was named Sarah. Um, it also happened to be the name of a client I'd worked with. And then I just went on to Canva and I went through their stock photos and I found a picture of someone who kind of fit that description and that's sort of who I had in mind. And so now when I go and I create anything for my business, whether it's a graphic, whether it is a blog post, a podcast episode, a social media post, anything, I always ask myself the question of like, would this help Sarah in some way? Like, is this going to help her feel better about where she's at today in her business or where she's at today in her, you know, her home life with being a mom? Is this going to help give her a tool that she might need? And it just, it clarifies so much for what I do that I'm no longer sitting at my computer going, okay, what do I want to create today? It's now like, what does Sarah need to hear from me today? What can I provide to her that's going to help her day or her week be easier and better for her? And then it takes me out of the equation. And now it's all about her. Totally. And I think that the really important part about that is it's so much more about the client than it is about you. And I think from a mindset perspective, that's where so many of us can get tripped up because it can feel really personal, especially because it's yes. your business and your thing and your baby, right? Like it can feel <laughs> so intensely personal. And what you're really doing here is shifting that 
away from you and toward what is going to best serve your client. And I think that that is such a useful shift because when you can shift your marketing content toward, it doesn't mean you can't talk about yourself, but it it does mean that you're sharing it through the lens and from the perspective of, is this actually what my ideal client needs to hear? Is it actually going to support them on their journey? Is it actually of value and useful to them? And that lens from a marketing perspective is so incredibly helpful. So I love that so much. And then the other thing that I think is super helpful here is I think sometimes this exercise, I swear, like we've all done it 5 million times, right? Like we've all had like the Pinterest board and the list and the whole thing, right? (laughs) But I think the important part to notice here is like, it doesn't actually matter what she has for breakfast. It doesn't actually matter like what she is like drinking on a Friday afternoon. If that's going to help you to visualize that person, I think that's amazing, right? But what we begin to notice is what are the core pain points? What are the core challenges? What are the, what are the things that she's spending her time thinking about? What is she struggling with? What is, what does she think is the answer versus what is actually the solution to the problem, right? All of those things are so incredibly helpful because those are the things you're marketing to. Yes, you might slide in that she's like, you know, eating cereal because she's too busy to make anything else. But like, you know, I think that's where the disconnect is for a lot of people is we can't understand, well, how is me understanding that she's eating cereal going to actually help me to market to this person? And it's like, well, it's layered, right? Like your ideal client is the person that you can support, that you can help them solve the problem that they have. But part of that is really understanding that person and any facet that you can bring in, any layer that you can bring in is going to be so helpful in really just supporting that person even further. So I think that that's just like a really important thing to remember when doing this exercise is sometimes we can get thrown off because we're like, oh my gosh, she's not my ideal client. She doesn't eat X, Y, Z. So like, therefore, <laughs> and like, that can be a mindset thing, right? It can be like, well, no, she's like, I mean, she can eat whatever, whatever the F she wants, right? It's, right, it's right, like, yeah. does she have the problem that you solve? And I think that that can be yeah. just so helpful there. What I like what you said, because that makes perfect sense is the fact that And I think this is where I had the disconnect at the beginning when, when that coach first asked me to do this exercise, I was like, what does it matter? You know, like you said, what she has for breakfast or what her, what kind of car she drives? Like, what does that matter? But it was the process of taking a very abstract idea and making it way more concrete because now I can almost visualize, okay, she's waking up in this kind of environment You know, maybe she's somebody who she hates clutter. So the first two hours of her day is just cleaning up her house after her kids have gone to school and her husband's gone to work. And now she finally has the house to herself. And she's like, okay, I can't do anything else until the dishes are done. The laundry's put away. The toys are picked up. The living room's clean. Like, so if I know that about her, then I know that until like nine or 10 o'clock, she's probably not going to log on to Instagram. Or she's probably not going to have time to sit down and, you know, do like an early morning routine. So just being able to kind of picture what does her day-to-day life look like, it, it not only makes it that person more concrete in your mind, but now you're able to kind of put yourself in that position and be like, okay, 
I know that this person, she is really into health and fitness. And so she's going to from, you know, eight to nine 30 every day, she's at the gym because she wants to do that first thing in the morning, or maybe, you know, her kids are really active in sports. And so every afternoon from like four to six, she's off running around doing things. It just kind of helps you not only like solidify it, but you can now kind of imagine this as, okay, I know what her day looks like. I know what she's doing. So now I can customize when and how I present things to her so that it's not about, okay, well, I do best in the morning. So I'm going to put all my content out from eight to 10. Well, it's not about what's best for me all the time. It's about what works for her. And going back to the point too, of like the pain points, that was one of the struggles I had was the beginning of my coaching business. I had all these ideas. I'm going to create this membership program. It's going to be so awesome. It's going to give her all the information she needs and like these little bite-sized pieces. And, but it was this idea that I had, and I didn't take into consideration what she was going to need. And once I launched it, I put all this work and energy into it. And then I realized, oh, this doesn't really fit her, her day-to-day life because she, one, doesn't want like one more monthly payment. She doesn't have, she's going to forget to log in each month and download the new materials. She, you know, it's going to be one of those things that like she signs up for and then never actually accesses or logs into anything. And so once I was like, oh, I've created something in my business that I thought was cool, but didn't really consider what my audience, what my ideal client thought was going to be helpful. That was a huge shift too, to be able to say like, okay, it's not necessarily just the content I'm putting out. What types of products and services does she really need? Like what's going to fit into her day-to-day life that makes sense as opposed to like, what do I think would be really cool and different and fun? Totally. Oh my gosh. I love what you said there so much because again, that is where that clarity is so useful because when you know that it doesn't mean that like you can never create a membership program if like that's really on your heart, right? But I think that just having that clarity around like, who is your person? How can you best support them? What is it that they actually need? Those are just such useful questions, you know? Like, it's just so incredibly useful because then you don't go down the rabbit hole of creating the thing that you're like, oh, this sounds like such a great idea. And like, let's face it, most of those times that were like, oh my gosh, this is such a great idea because I saw XYZ do it and it looked like it worked really well for them. Like it's something that, that almost was like sparked more by something you saw than it was by something that like actually felt like an internal pull. So I think that's something that's important to pay attention to as well. But I just think that that's just so useful because then you're actually creating programs that your ideal client needs, right? Like you're actually serving them in a way that is useful instead of exactly what you said, like how much does it erode our self-trust to buy the thing and then find out that like it actually doesn't fit into our lifestyle the way we thought it would, or we actually forget to download the materials or we actually forget to use the support. Like, how amazing to have a coach to actually know that and build a program around that person rather than ending up down the line there and then having to like rework your mindset around that. So I just love that so yeah. much. And I think that's where people get like hard on themselves because they think, oh, well, I created this thing and it failed. That must mean that I failed. Mm-hmm. When really it's not about like, like I could have taken that whole experience of creating the membership thing and been like, oh, 
I suck. This is terrible. I'm a failure. And I had those moments for sure. But at the same time, I was able to kind of step back and go, okay, you know what? This wasn't a failure because it was a bad idea. It was a failure because my goal or my perspective was off a little bit. So yeah, just to your point, like I could go and create another membership program. I could change the one that I had created and make it fit what my client needs or wants. That doesn't mean that it was a bad idea. It just means that I executed it poorly in some areas. But at the same time, I was able to kind of step back and go, oh, wait, but maybe there's something else. Now that I'm really focusing on the right things, maybe there's something else I could be doing. And just like to your point about the, you know, not getting caught up in what you saw someone else doing, I call that like shiny thing syndrome. And it's so mm-hmm. easy to go online. You're like, oh, here's an ad for someone who's creating this, or here's an ad for someone who did this and like, or that they've done you know, they're selling their blueprint to how to create X, Y, and Z. Maybe I should try that. I always, anytime I take or I see something like that, I try to put it through this filter of one of, do I really have time and energy to start this whole new thing that this person is promoting? Two, is it really something my audience, my ideal client needs or wants? And three, do I have the resources to make this happen? If it's not a you know, if it doesn't meet all three of those requirements, then it's something I say like, okay, maybe that's not a good fit for us right now for my business right now. But just being able to have that filter to put things through of, you know, is this a need that my client will have that can help you kind of filter out those shiny things that you see online all the time that could be really tempting to want to like go off and try. And then you end up down this path where you're like, oh, wait a minute, I've lost track of what my ultimate like goal here is. Totally. Yes. Oh my gosh. So one thing that came up for me as you were talking there was keeping your own results separate from the business, right? Or keeping your own feelings about about yourself separate from the business, I guess is a better way to put it. And I think that that is so important because like you said, like, heck, even when it comes to all of this ideal client stuff that we've talked about today, maybe it isn't even the offer. Maybe you were just like totally off on who you thought you were talking to, right? Like, I think that it's so easy to be like, because this didn't work, because I heard crickets, because, you know, I spent all this time on this thing. Heck, I mean, I had a whole, I had a previous business before this one. Like I had a design studio and then I pivoted to coaching, right? It would be so easy to be like, oh my gosh, I wasted three plus years of my life running a design studio only to pivot to coaching. But it's like, I know that I would not be the coach I am today had I not had that prior experience, right? So I think that like, it's all adding up to to exactly what it is that you need from this experience, but also just keeping yourself separate from the results in the business is so key because when every single thing that happens in the business feels like, therefore, I'm not a good business owner, therefore, I can't hit my goals, therefore, I wasted my time, therefore, I wasted my effort, like that beating yourself up about results in the business one, it will make you feel like shit, but two, like it just like, it makes it more difficult to take the actions in your business to actually get the results that you want. So it's almost that, that like keeping that separate, that actually helps you to continue moving forward, to keep taking action, to find the thing that does work rather than get, I see so many people get caught up in the results and then like the results, when they don't go the way you wanted, they make you want to give up. And so many people fall off there, right? So it's like knowing that 
it is an iteration. It is something you're going to keep trying until you find that ideal client, until you find an offer that clicks, until you really feel good about like the business that you have. Like it's all a process, but not making yourself wrong about the results along the way, I think is so incredibly key there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think that's definitely one of those things that it takes some time to learn. But yes, when you can separate yourself from the result and have the the wherewithal to be like, okay, I'm going to look at what happened and I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to grow from it and I'm going to be able to do it better now because I'm evaluating it with this sort of non-filtered lens of putting myself into it. And that's why I think like going back to the coaching thing, like having a coach that can look at that with you and go, well, did you do this? Or did you think about it from this perspective? Like you said, at the very beginning of all this, like we are so embedded in it that we can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. It's (laughs) so so true. Having it's so true. And so having someone who has that bird's eye view that can look in and go, I can see where you're at, but I need you to step back and let's, let's really evaluate it from a non, you know, kind of judgmental perspective. That's one of the greatest things I think people don't think about when they think about coaching is just having that sort of non-biased person looking at your business and helping you go take yourself out of it. And let's look at it just strictly from a, you know, here's the business part of it. Yeah, that objective point of view, I think is super helpful. I mean, like I think about my ideal client and pretty much all my ideal clients think that nothing is working in their business, right? Like they think (laughs) that there's like, they're like, nothing is working behind the scenes. And of course there are so many layers to that. And like, we really get into, well, like, what is it that they feel like isn't working? And, you know, sometimes it's, a marketing problem. Sometimes it's a revenue problem. Sometimes it's consistency in their business. It like, you know, it can manifest in many different ways. But when your lens is nothing is working, that is not something you shift overnight, right? That is not, you don't all of a sudden think like, oh, look at all the things that are magically working right now. Like it's, you're probably not in that place. So that's where having that like reflection can be so helpful because you have that person there going, but like, but look at how much more engagement you got on that. But look at how many like more opt-ins you got for that one event you ran, but look at all these things that are working, but look at like the podcast you got invited to go on. Like you're, there's someone there to reflect those things that are working so that over time you can shift that story. And of course, like the, the more you celebrate the things that are working, the more things start working. But yeah. I think that like that, just having that perspective shift can be so incredibly helpful. Honestly, the ideal client exercise that we're discussing in today's episode was a major form of procrastination for me when I first started my business. I had the Pinterest board, I knew who I wanted to attract, and yet I felt like I wasn't actually any closer to getting clients, let alone ideal ones. So I just kept pinning, mood boarding, and thinking about that person, which, spoiler alert, did not bring me any closer to closing sales. Turns out what I actually needed was support around selling in a way that felt good to me, one that led to more clients and cash in my business. Lucky for you, I like to think that I struggled so you don't have to, and it's why I offer my free Sincere Sales Coaching Calls. On these free 30-minute calls, we'll do a deep dive on your biggest mindset challenge around sales, and you'll have my expert support around shifting it so you can get that first or next client with more ease than ever before. 
I only offer a few of these each week, so grab a time that works for you at amandajoyceweber.com slash sincere sales. So just before we wrap up here, I would love to hear your perspective on targeting one ideal client and the fear that can bubble up to the surface there that we're kind of eliminating potential clients or we're basically like turning down money or the business won't do as well if you really narrow in and get clear on who that person is that you're trying to serve. Yes, this is such a huge fear that people have and it's kind of a a limiting belief or a block that they kind of put up is to like, well, I can't narrow down to such a specific person because yeah, like, so the example, a good example is with my coaching businesses, I focus on helping mompreneurs who are building their business. Does that mean that everybody that I work with is a mom? No, but it could be easily misconstrued that like, oh, you're only focusing on this one person. <laughs> and so I like to kind of describe it like a spider web. So you have the center of like, if you've ever seen like a spider web, the center is kind of really like tightly woven and then it gets Mm -hmm. broader as it goes out. So at the very center of that spider web is your ideal client. It is like, for me, it's that it's the Sarah. It's the person that's like, this is who I'm picturing in her day-to-day life. Now, all the little strands that come off of her, all the little kind of like web pieces are the things that she, the pain points that she has or the fears that she has or the, you know, the type of business that she's building or whatever those little pieces are, even out as far as like, this is the area she lives in, or this is the, how many kids she has, or, you know, that all these little things. So all those little offshoot pieces of her person, her ideal client avatar, those are all connection points that other people might connect on. So an example I always give my, my clients is, okay, let's say that, yes, Sarah's my ideal client. But I know that Sarah is an avid, like huge coffee drinker, but she will not go to Starbucks. She wants to find like the little, like cute coffee shop in town that is local and she wants to support these local businesses. So if I speak to that and I kind of, and I reference those kinds of things in my content, I'm going to attract other people who are like, yes, I love going to coffee shops. I love like finding these cute little, like, you know, hole in the wall places that may, that person may not be a mompreneur. Maybe she's just a woman starting a business. Maybe she's just a mom who's thinking about the idea of possibly starting a business, but that's still going to draw her in. Or there's also like aspects of my ideal client that obviously are parts of me because if mm-hmm. I'm going to connect with this person, they have to be things I resonate with. And so I'm putting things out into the world. For example, I'm an avid, like I love the show Friends. That's like my... I can quote the show. I reference it all the time. Like, I feel like there's an episode of friends for almost every situation in life. Yeah. And I talk about that a lot, like on social media and I have people who will comment and be like, Oh my gosh, yes, that's my favorite episode. Or, Oh, I used to, you know, I used to watch that all the time and I'm drawing them into my, you know, for lack of a better term, quote unquote web, I'm drawing them into my web with all these little extra things. And so even though they're not necessarily that like, super specific ideal client, there are aspects of that client that they are going to connect with and that will draw them in and hopefully ultimately turn them into a client of mine. So you're not eliminating people. You're just getting really focused so that you aren't trying to reach the masses. You're trying to reach a particular group of people or a specific type of person, 
but there's always going to be connecting pieces that draw other people into that circle as well. Totally. And the other way I like to think about this is like forward facing, you can speak to that one person, right? You can be so clear on who that person is. You can be like so clear on all those elements that we talked about, right? The coffee shop, the two hours cleaning first, the like, like all of those things, right? But if you have someone that comes to you and they're like, hey, I actually don't work out first thing in the morning and I don't really care if there are dishes in the sink and like it's actually fine to me to like start working at 5 a.m. or like whatever it is, right? You're not going to be like, but actually my person is this. So like go find someone else, right? You're going to be like, yeah, of course I can help you. Of course I can support you because you have the problem that I help solve, right? So I think that like it's important to remember that like your marketing can be targeted, But like you said, with that spider web, like you're casting a very wide net of people and ultimately like who you choose to support and who you know you can help is probably much wider than only, you know, the Sarah you were referencing, but it helps so much when it comes to marketing to those people, because if you were speaking to like everyone under the sun, it would be so much more difficult for the people who really resonate with you to find you because they just wouldn't know what you stood for or what you can help with. So it just really is so helpful to think about it. Like forward facing, you can be very targeted, but behind the scenes, you can cast a much wider net and that's totally fine. That doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong in your business. That just means that humans are humans and have diverse interests and like have various priorities and different things that are important to them. And you can still serve that client beautifully. So I just love what you said there. And I love the analogy around the spider web. One more thing really, really fast. Yeah, totally. Is I always think about like, I'm like, go on social media, go like for me, Instagram is my social media platform of choice. So if I go on Instagram and I look at the accounts that I follow, I, now that I know like how the ideal client process works, I can pretty much go to any account and be like, this is who they're targeting. This is their ideal client. I would say 75% of the time, I'm not their ideal client, but there is something about them as a person or their brand that I resonate with. And so I follow them because of that. And so that is a great example. And it's kind of like that whole thing of once you know to look for something, you start to see it everywhere. Start yeah. looking at who who you're following on Instagram or, or Facebook or wherever. And I guarantee you that you may not be their ideal client to a T, but there is something about them that has brought you in. And the same thing's going to happen for your business as well. Yes. And, but just the amount of permission in that, I think is amazing, right? Because that doesn't mean like you have to check 47 boxes for them to be an ideal client. That just means you need to resonate with them on some level. And it really could be the smallest thing, right? Like yes. it's so funny because it's like, I've definitely done this ideal client exercise and I'm like, almost all of my clients have a dog. Like, like pretty much all of them, right? Like, and it's funny because like I post pictures of my dog so often and we go for daily walks and it's like a huge part of my life. But like, it's totally possible that someone doesn't even want a business and they just follow me because they like cute pictures of Ollie. And it like those people serve a purpose in our audience as well. So I think just, you know, dialing down so much of that pressure around having to take like all of the boxes in order for them to be an ideal client and know that you'll resonate with the right people and the right people will work with you. And that is just like such a mindset shift in itself. Yes. 
Amazing. So if people loved what they heard from you today, where can they find you? Uh, so I am at Girl Means Business on Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can find me at girlmeansbusiness.com. That's kind of my home base. So all of my um, outlets are there. And then check out the Girl Means Business podcast. I have new episodes every week. And so they can get some extra little tips and um, things over on the podcast. Amazing. And we will be sure to drop all of those links in the show notes. And I know Kendra also had a extra special link with a free marketing quiz to find your superpower and leverage your unique marketing strengths to grow your business. So we'll definitely drop that link over there too, so that you can get started gaining clarity around your ideal client and how you can serve them best. So Kendra, thank you so much for joining me today. I absolutely loved this conversation and I am so grateful to you. And it has been so much fun. Thank you so much. I've loved it too. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. I only wish I had a visualization exercise like this when I first started my business, and now it's available to all of you. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com to receive your free meditation. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. What started as a, blah, 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 blah. <laughs>